Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Cordimus. That's right. Redcon1.com. Alright guys, and welcome to Don't Tread on America. I'm your host, Don Q, coming to you from the DTOM Studios in lovely downtown Burbank, California. Oh wait, no. Sorry, wrong. Wrong location. I'm in the free state of Florida. That's right. Alright guys, what I'm going to do today is, uh, today is April 27th, 2022. I'm going to go ahead and continue on with the the uh, story in which I was regaling you on on uh, Sunday about the situation that's going on in Ukraine, is it what we are being told? Is it something else? Um, now, I did tell you guys, in doing a lot of this research... Everything I'm telling you, you, if you did, when I ended the show on Sunday, I, t- I gave you guys a list of names. Now, if you happened to have looked up any of those names and found any information, now please tell me because I don't have a clue. No, I'm joking. But you can see that any information that comes up with these people's names, you're not finding it on the the one quote-unquote mainstream source that I could find that mentioned any of these people's names was the New York Post. Um, and they talked about the the Russian mayor that was killed. Uh, Voldemir struck, right? And I told you about him where he was kidnapped out of his home, his wife said, by men and camouflaged and shot in the heart. Um, I'm going to get to him here in a little bit. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through these list of names. I got a couple of articles here. And like I said, you're not going to find this stuff on CNN and MSNBC, Fox News, Newsmax, uh, whatever. A lot of these stories are done by independent journalists and independent podcasts, independent YouTubers. Um, Now, we can dismiss that as quickly as we can approve of it. We can say, oh, these guys, these women are crazy, they're whatever. They're Russian sympathizers, or, you know. But on that same note, when things go on in this country, a lot of the times, a lot of your news footage, okay, look at all the different BLM riots or Antifa things or different things that's happened in the last couple of years. A lot of your media footage of those incidents were from vloggers, YouTubers, um, Twitter paparazzi. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, uh, you know, mainstream news folks. I mean, there was some where you had, you know, different Fox News or CNN people on the streets, but a lot of your footage, the Kyle Rittenhouse, for example, the Kyle Rittenhouse, all that video footage wasn't by Fox journalists or... CNN journalists, those were done by bloggers and YouTubers and 
So you can dismiss it quickly. I get that. You can. But a lot of the times, the way I look at it is, some those folks, a lot of those folks, don't necessarily have an agenda. They're actually there to get the news. So one of those people, one of those people, no. The, what brought this story to light, what brought it to the attention of Chris and I, was there's a gentleman. And he, um, his name is Bob Johnson. No. He is a anti-Zelensky Chilean journalist. Okay. Now, he was actually born in America. Um, I think his mother, one, one, of the father, one of the parents, mother or father, whatever, is from Chile. The other's from America, is born in America, went to school in America. Um, but he's a um, an, an independent journalist, does a, has a YouTube channel and whatnot. And his name is um, uh, Gonzalo Lira. So he went missing on April 15th, and I, I think I talked about it on the last show, where his tweet, um, I'm pretty sure I did because that's where the... the uh, the names I spoke of came out. So he, he had said in a tweet that um, you want to learn the truth about Zelensky regime, Google these names, and I told you the names, Vladimir Shruk, Dennis Kareev, Mikhail, and Alexander Konovic, Nestor Shufrik, Jan Taxer, Dmitry Dejanglov, and Elena Brenzen Hanaya. Hanaya? Hanaya. Um, you know, and you look at these names. So you had one was a mayor, one was a, um intelligent officer, one was a, you know, the, the brothers were uh, our leaders of a opposing youth movement. Um, one was member of parliament, and then another one was a, a, uh, I said he was a Chilean also, but no, he was an orthodox, or I say was, a lot of these people are still alive, I shouldn't say was like they're dead, but orthodox journalist, and um, another one was the Dmitry Denjangov, uh, is a um, Ukrainian journalist. Now, a lot of these people are missing, some of these people are dead, Um. The interesting thing about this, so I'm going to read this article about Gonzalo. So, he's a, um, <laughs> he was residing in Ukraine, lost contact with his family and acquaintance and relatives on April 15th, and his current whereabouts are unknown. Now, this article that I'm reading is from the 21st uh, of April. The foreign, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs through its consulate section in Moscow, was informed that the close uh, that those close to Chilean Gonzalo Lira, who was in Ukrainian city of Kharkiv, lost contact with him since April 15. Santiago explained that the government was in contact with the uh, relevant diplomatic entities to stay up to date on any news regarding Lopez's whereabouts and any information about him, as nothing is known about him in the meantime his last tweet on the 26th which I already read about the names um, foreign ministry spokesperson um, 
Mar- uh, Mariah Zakharov said Thursday she hoped Gonzalo, who disappeared following the critici- criticism of Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky, was alive and well. The journalist provided on-the-ground coverage of the war in Ukraine from Kiev at first and then from Karvkov. Uh, Zakharova said, adding that the, his reporting drew attention to Ukrainian security services and the far-right a nationalist Azov battalion. Um, so, what does that mean? I don't know. No. So, obviously, he was a Chilean journalist. He was, he, he has, I don't know if, if his YouTube channel is still up, but he did have a YouTube channel. The thing that's weird to me, okay, when this story came out, they, uh, you know, he's missing, we don't know where he's at, blah, 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 and then, magically enough, <laughs> on, uh, let me see if I can find it real quick, I think it was the 22nd, like the day after, I think that article was written, he was on a podcast, oh, I'm back, I'm here, oh, everything's fine, and it's very interesting, because, okay, you guys, everyone, I shouldn't say everyone. I don't know this to be factual, so I don't want to say everyone. But a lot of us have some some sort of social media, if that's safe to say, I think. You have either, um, you know, Twitter or Facebook or Snapchat or TikTok or whatever, or maybe even all of the above. And like most people, you probably have a the same, if not similar, um, name, you know, whatever your, your, uh, your ID might be, whether it's your name or you have some gimmicky, whatever. And, um, you might have, uh, your passwords more than likely the same, you know, you don't think about social media, whatever. So the interesting thing is (laughs) when he was, when he came back, I should say, uh, he looks the same. I don't want to say he's not the same person. Um, but he he's on a show. I'm trying to find it here. Yeah, April 22nd. So it was the day after that article came out. And um, conveniently enough, his phone, his computer, which... Okay, so I, I'm skipping ahead. So he was obtained by the, by the SBU, which is the um, basically their version of the FBI or CIA, Ukrainian. And in some of the articles I have here that I'm going to read on in a little bit, are they explain how these people operate and what's their MO. Okay? So in, abduct, un, in abducting Gonzalo Lira, they took his computers, his phone, whatever. Okay, cool, I get it. You get arrested... You lose your phone and stuff down in America. That happens. You lose your phone and stuff. When you get released, you get that stuff back. It's not America. I get it. It's, you know, there's a war going on. Uh, Zelensky's uh, touted their version of martial law. Okay, cool. I understand that. The question is, he had to start a new Twitter. Not that his old Twitter is gone, but he forgot his passwords so it's leading a lot of people to to wonder is this really him 
Now, if you look at his old Twitter and his last um, his last tweet was April 15th, the day he went missing. And he puts on his YouTube channel. Let me see if the video's here. I'm going to click on it. The video, yeah, I was going to say the video's not there. How about that? Um, let me see this. The following content has been identified by the YouTube community as inappropriate or offensive to some audience. Viewer discretion is alive. I understand and wish to proceed. All right. I probably won't play this all because it's 17 minutes. This is Gonzalo. Killed these people right over here in what it seems. The three civilians laying there. Primus Gazelle, let the mina. Okay, so this this lady he's talking to real quick. I'm gonna pause this. Um, I, I already read something. I read the the transcripts on this on this interview. So he's gonna talk to her in Russian. She's gonna answer back. I, I'm just gonna try and breeze through this real quick. So he's out front of a hospital in Maripol, and um, there's they found dozens of of uh, civilians murdered. Now, on our media, we were told about this incident, and we were told that Russians had did it. It's very interesting to hear what this lady has to say. So she says, um, we were expecting these people and prepared places for them. They were their relatives who said they were about to come now. So... What she's saying is there were people that were coming into the hospital and they were getting prepared for them. After that, a very strong shelling began and they didn't come and these arrived and mine killed them and they just died. So in the evening, they didn't come, morning. So I'm trying to get to the part where where she says who they are. It's very interesting. Oh, shoot. Of course I of course I pushed the wrong button. You know, sometimes I'm a moron. Anyway, what she says in the video is that all that was done by Ukrainian um, the military. And the interesting thing about that is we are being told hear that everything that's going on over there is done by Russia. So, um, before I get into all of that, I know I'm kind of skipping around, I'm sorry. It's just a lot of information that I have, and it's very, it's very interesting, I guess, to say the least. Once you start digging into this stuff, and, and like I said, I know a lot of people can listen to this and they're going to be like, oh my God, he's pushing Russian propaganda. He's a Russian sympathizer. He's Russian that, Russia this. If, and like I said, if this got out to any kind of mainstream situation, they would say the same thing. Um, I'm just telling you what might be. I'm not saying this is fact. Um, I'm not saying it's not fact. I'm giving you the other perspective of news, as it were. Um, and like I said, I don't want to sound like the giant um, 
Tucker Carlson mark. Um, but he's probably the most truest voice on this whole situation. Like I said before, even I believe he's been having to been toned down. Um, but if you look at these independent journals, you look at these, this guy is on the ground. You could hear the shelling going on behind him. He's talking to this nurse. She's telling him this wasn't Russian soldiers that did this. So you, you've seen, I don't know, it was about a week or so ago, you saw they had pictures of bodies where the people were bound, uh, tied, you know, hands tied behind their back, and they had swastikas drawn on them. And it was blamed by Russia. You know, the Russians did this. <laughs> did they? So we'll go into this article. Now, this is... Um, I was reading it earlier, so let me scroll down here. Um, so this is from a website called The Gray Zone. Now, like I said, a lot of what the information I'm getting is from, you know, not not mainstream journalism. Okay? So take that into consideration. But I'm not going to sit here and say that that they're wrong. I'm not going to sit here and read this gray zones crap. Listen to this, blah blah blah, because we're hearing plenty of crap from our mainstream media, whoever that is. I'm not even picking on CNN or MSNBC. We're getting the same narrative crap from Fox. You're really not hearing a lot of bad, uh, you know, bad stuff coming from any of our you know, the United States mainstream media, any of them, about Zelensky. You're not hearing any of them say anything negative about Ukraine. Not so much Ukraine, because it's not the people. It, this has nothing to do with the Ukrainian public, or Russia, or the Russian public, for that matter. This is about Zelensky. So what I'm trying to tell you guys, I'm not picking on Ukraine. Ukraine sucks, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying that. These people, these citizens of Ukraine are stuck in the middle. Why in the hell do you think six million people have already left? I mean, we've had wars and conflicts and whatever around this world. I don't even want to say generations. Just for the last 30 years, you've had different countries have something. Some sort of a situation, some sort of an invasion. You've never seen this kind of a mass exodus out of the country. You didn't see this in Iraq or Kuwait or Iran or Afghanistan. You didn't see this. And these people are leaving. Some of them are going to Russia. So you got to think. The Ukraine 30 years ago was a Russian state. You know, we talked about states and provinces and how the Ukraine's broken up into states and provinces. Well, I guess if you kind of dumb it down to American way of, of breaking up a territory, if um, you, every state in this country has counties, however many counties your state has, whatever. So it would be kind of like that. So like at Florida, I don't know how many counties are in Florida. Let's say there's 40 counties. I don't know, whatever. And Florida decided to break away from the United States and be the country of Florida, whatever. Ideally, you could say that 
the 40 counties in Florida would become provinces or states or territory. You know, you know, you understand what I'm saying? So when uh, Ukraine was a state of Russia, it would be like, you know, what Florida is to, to America, for example. So a lot of these people that live or lived in Ukraine were Russian. You look at some of these people's names, you Google some of these people's names, and if they were born pre-1990, it says Russia. They were born in the, well, it says USSR. They were born in Ukraine region of Russia. So, if they were born post-91, 92, whatever, whatever year it was that Ukraine officially became a country, it would say they were born in, you know, Kyiv, uh, Ukraine. You, you, you see where I'm going with this now? So, basically, with in my long-winded nature, what I'm trying to say is there's plenty of people that live in Ukraine or lived in Ukraine that are Russian. And that's the way they see it. So, like, if your state broke away from the United States, you'd still feel like you're an American if you're of age. You know, I've lived in America my whole life. So, it would be hard. I have family around the country. It'd be hard to not feel like I was an American. You see what I'm saying? So, a lot of those people are being labeled as Russian sympathizers or Russian whatever. God forbid what a lot of these people are being arrested or killed for is trying to broker peace. Okay, so the way this article reads is, while claiming to defend democracy... Ukraine's Zelensky has outlawed his opposition, ordered his rivals arrest, and presided over the disappearance and assassinations of descendants across the country. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has framed his country's war against Russia as a battle for democracy itself. In a carefully choreographed address to U.S. Congress on March 16th, he stated, Right now, the destiny of our country is being decided. The destiny of our people, whether Ukrainians will be free, whether they'll be able to preserve their democracy. Now, our corporate media responded by showering him with, I mean, you see it, turn on any news channel, and they can't get enough of Zelensky. Uh, in, to the point where they're even driving his nomination for a Nobel Peace Prize. And they even did a stupid music tribute to him uh, during the Grammy. Uh, um, Grammy Awards, right? So, the the bad thing is, is the Western media has looked the other way as Zelensky and top officials in his, in, in his administration have sanctioned a campaign of kidnapping, torture, and assassination of local Ukrainian lawmakers accused of collaborating with Russia. Several mayors and other Ukrainian officials have been killed since the outbreak of war, many reportedly by the Ukrainian state agents after engaging in de-escalation talks with Russia. There is one less traitor in Ukraine, Internal Affairs Ministry Advisor Anton Gurashenko stated in an endorsement of the murder of a Ukrainian mayor accused of collaborating with Russia. 
Zelensky has further exploited the atmosphere of war to outlaw an array of opposition parties in order to arrest his leading rivals. His authority, authoritarian decrees have triggered the disappearance, torture, and even murder of an array of human rights activists, communist, and leftist organizers, journalists, and government officials accused of being quote-unquote pro-Russian sympathies. The Ukrainian SBU Security Service has served as the enforcement arm of the officially authorized campaign of repression, with training from the, you ready for it? Shocker. CIA and close coordination with Ukraine state-backed neo-Nazi parliamentaries, the SBU has spent the past weeks filling its vast archipelago, archipelago, archipelago of torture dungeons and political descendants. Now, before I read on, I'm going to break that down. Zelensky's crying... This could be the end of our democracy, of Ukrainian people's democracy. So you remember on the show Sunday, I told you how day one, he fired, essentially, the parliament. We'll just call it Congress. And as soon as this stuff broke out, this war, if you want to call it, he, um... What was it? I think 11 opposing parties. He he banished them. He took all the TV, all the TV stations, all the whatever media, combined it into one. Where's the democracy? In the meantime, anyone who was quote-unquote had pro-Russian sympathies, they were arrested and or killed, tortured, whatever and as i read on you're going to understand how how crazy like okay on the surface you could say oh so and so was a russian sympathizer so we had to lock him up or we something happened and we had to kill him um or we went to detain him and he fought back so he got shot in the heart he's one older gentleman you're a group of military um, I don't even want to say military. These guys are probably more of a Gestapo-type agency. I mean, they're trained by the CIA. What kind of, what kind of uh, people do you think they are? You, you see what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> if three, four, five guys go and detain somebody, even if that person fights back, they need to be shot in the heart? Point blank range? I don't know. So on the battlefield, the Ukrainian military has engaged in a series of atrocities against captured Russian troops. Now we heard about this. We heard a blurb about this where they were quote-unquote kneecapping the, uh, the Russian POWs. So you had you know, Russian soldiers give up their arms and surrender. And then they were being shot. In the meantime, you have situations come up where you don't really even know if it's true or not. Where uh, women are being raped and people are being killed and they're blaming the Russian, uh, these Russian soldiers and trying to get um, Putin on war crimes. 
like I said, we're never going to know the truth as to what actually is happening here. That's why I personally enjoy reading these independent journalists, these these smaller publications, um, because whether they're skewed to one side or the other, I don't know. But it's, I believe a lot of what this person's writing here is probably not far from the truth. I, I'd almost take a lot of what this person's saying over what I hear on mainstream media. So, um, they've, they've exhibited, when I say they, the Ukrainian military, in uh, sadistic actions on social media, the perpetrators of human rights abuses appear to have received approval from the upper echelons of Ukrainian leadership. While Zelensky spouts uh, bromides about the defense of democracy before a wor worshipful Western audience, he is using the war as a theater for enacting a blood-drenched purge of political rivals, descendants, and critics. So, what this person's writing here is they believe that obviously there's something going on over there, right? We, I don't want to say he's making up this war to do this. But, like I said the other uh, Sunday... It was a week or so ago. You had uh, Boris Johnson from the the uh, Prime Minister of, Ru of Russia, Prime Minister of uh, England, and him and Zelensky just strolling around the streets of Kiev, like, hmm, no, there's no war going on here. Um, in what world do you believe? So the Boris Johnson is, you know, the equivalent. I don't know if he's the equivalent to a president per se, but probably like the equivalent of the Secretary of State or maybe like Vice President, essentially. Are they just going to be strolling through the streets of a war torn? Not even a war torn. Like, the war's not over. This is on this hot war, hot zone. It's a hot war. You're not going to stroll down the streets if, if it's legitimately going like they say it's going. Like I said, obviously, there's stuff going on there. When this all started... We were told Russia went in through the east in the Donbass region because that particular area of the Ukraine had a large separatist movement. By that, that means that that area wanted to, for lack of a better term, succeed from the Ukraine and become part of Russia. They were getting pushback by the SBU and the Azov Battalion um, Russia went in to help. Now, I can understand where the Ukrainians look at this as a gesture of war. I guess it would be similar to, say, like, Texas wants to go back and be a part of Mexico. Um, not that that would happen, but just for layman's terms, that's the example I'm using. <laughs> and they were getting pushback from America, from the American army, and we're telling Texas, no, you can't do that. And we're fighting in the uh, Texas region. And then uh, Mexico comes in to help Texas out. So, I mean, I, I get it. So, I'm, I don't want to excuse what's happening. But, like I told you guys before on Sunday, day one, Zelensky started doing 
anti-democracy type things. Shutting out opponents, firing their uh, parliamentary members, creating situations that were un-parliamentary. I mean, like I said, it's just like Congress. You have, you know, what was it, 423 members of parliament fired. You're gone and held new elections. How do you do that? How is that democracy? Those people are duly elected. So the war is being used to kidnap, imprison, and even kill opposition members who express themselves critical of the government. A left-wing activist beaten and persecuted by Ukrainian service or uh, security services commented this April, we must all fear for our freedom and our lives. Now, on the surface, you could read that and be like, oh, yeah, well, they're feared for the freedom because of Russia, blah, blah, blah. No. She was persecuted by you, by the SBU. And didn't say by Russian. When the U.S.-backed government seized power from, in Kiev following the uh, Euromaidan regime change operation of 2013-14, Ukraine's government embarked on a nationwide purge of political elements deemed pro-Russian or insufficiently nationalistic, the passage of decommunization laws by the Ukrainian parliament further eased the persecution of leftist elements and the prosecution of activists for political speech. So I can understand that. You you were a communist nation. You want to decommunize the nation. But in the meantime, you persecuted and demonized the people that still felt some sort of way about that. The post-made-in uh, regime has focused its wrath on Ukrainians who have advocated a peace settlement with pro-Russian separatists in the country's east, those who have documented human rights abuses by U- Ukrainian military, and members of the communist organizations. Dissent elements have faced the cons- constant threat of ultranationalist violence, imprisonment, and even murder. The Ukrainian security services, known as the SBU, has served as the main enforcer of the post-Maiden government's campaign of domestic political repression. Pro-Western monitors, including the United Nations Office of the High Commission and Human Rights Watch, have accused the SBU of systematically torturing political opponents and Ukrainian descendants with near-total impunity. The UNOHCR found in 2016 that arbitrary detention, enforced disappearance, torture, and ill-treatment of such conflicted uh, detainees were common practice of the SBU. A former Kharkiv SBU officer explained, For the SBU, the law virtually does not exist, as everything they do is legal and can either be classified or explained by referring to state necessity. So that quote alone just tells you everything you need to know. So everything I just told you about these people being kidnapped and killed is being explained about, explained away as being necessary to the state. Um, to me, and I'm going to read on here in a minute, but to me, for, what, two months now, we've heard how uh, Putin is acting like uh, Hitler. He's going in and he's genocide and he's killing all these people and he's doing this and he's doing that and he's doing this. Now, 
don't get me wrong when I say this. Based on what we know or what we think we know, I'm not sitting here saying Putin is an angel. But I'm also not sitting here saying that Zelensky's the victim. In my opinion, I think it's two uh, devils going at it. And I say that unjustly to, to, to Putin because my bias is being projected upon him by Western media. If that makes any sense, because I just strung a bunch of words together. It sounded pretty good. <laughs> but do um, you understand what I'm saying when I say I'm 48 years old? I would say that most of you guys are in the ballpark of my age range. So you're somewhere in the middle of your 30s to 50s, 60s, however old you are. For all of our lives... We have been raised to hate Russia, no matter what it was. Olympics, space race, uh, Cold War, <laughs> whatever it was, we were, we were taught to hate Russia. Um, for whatever reason, okay? We had no problems being friends with Russia during World War II because we were fighting the same enemy. The friend of the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? The what happened to all of Europe, Russia included, in the thirty late thirties, early forties, nineteen thirties, forties, was you had a Nazi regime invading all of Europe into Russia. Okay, Russia. Obviously, didn't like that, so they fought back and they joined the Axis, or the Allied, I'm sorry, the, the Allied powers to help fight um, Germany, okay? Well, when everything was said and done in World War II, a lot of German Nazi soldiers and higher-ups escaped to the the area in Ukraine. So there's there is it's not even a there might be there is a documented group of people and I and when I say group I'm not talking about 20 30 people is a large group of people and it's mainly in that in the southern mid southern region of uh, the Ukraine that are what we would call nowadays neo-Nazis, but these people are descendants. They're obviously not the people because that was a long time ago, but their grandfathers or great-grandfathers came from Germany to start a new life here. Well, obviously, the traditions of Nazism, if that's a word, was passed down. So you have a gentleman, I'm assuming <laughs> it's a gentleman, I, I based, I don't know, anyway, so uh, I'm going to probably mess his name up, so whatever. Yevhen Karas, the founder of the infamous neo-Nazi C-14 unit, has detailed the close relationship his gang and other extreme right factions have enjoyed with the SBU. The SBU informs not only us, but also Azov and the right sector, and so on. <clears throat> so... um. Since Russia launched its military 
operation inside Ukraine, the SPU has hunted down local officials that decided to accept. Now, here's the here's the killer part. They've hunted down local officials that have decided to accept humanitarian supplies from Russia and or negotiated with Russian forces to arrange corridors for civilian evacuations. For example, on March 1st, the, the gentleman I was telling you guys about, Volodymyr Strzok, he was a mayor in the eastern city of Kremina in the Ukraine, controlled uh, side of Lugansk, was kidnapped by men in military uniform, according to his wife, and shot in the heart. On March 3rd, pictures of Strzok's visibly tortured body appeared. A day before his murder, Strzok had reportedly urged his Ukrainian colleagues to negotiate with pro-Russian officials. Uh, Garashenko, an advisor to Ukrainian military of internal affairs, celebrated the mayor's murder, declaring on his Telegram page, there is one less traitor in the Ukraine. The mayor of Kremina, uh, a former deputy of Lenk's parliament, was found killed. According to Garashenko, Strzok had been judged by the Court of the People Tribunal. No, he was murdered in the streets by your SBU troops. He wasn't tried. He was murdered. He didn't go to a court of law. He was murdering the fucking streets. These people, these mayors of these cities are scared. And they're scared on two different levels. Because they don't know who to trust. Um, <laughs> you're fighting Russian people. But you don't know who is who. I, I, it's hard to explain. They, for lack of a better term, they all look and sound alike. They all speak Russian. It's you understand what I'm saying. I mean, the region is very mixed. These people are scared. They're being hunted down by their own people. This SBU and the Azov and these these different factions. Russia, they're trying to... <laughs> Russian troops and are giving them humanitarian supplies. So that means they're giving them food and water and stuff like that. So they're trying to negotiate. Yeah, please, we'll take your... We have nothing. We'll take your food. We'll take your water. And if, if you... If please, I'd like to get the women and children out of town. And instead, these mayors are being... And other political figures are being hunted down and killed or arrested. If they're lucky... They're only being arrested, I guess, for their dissidents. When realistically, they're showing more leadership than their leadership. The Ukrainian official therefore delivered a chilling message to anyone choosing to seek cooperation with Russia. Do so and lose your life. Those are his words. On March 7th, the mayor of Gostomel, Yuri blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Prilipko, damn, I can actually say that one. Prilipko was found murdered. Prilipko had reportedly entered into negotiations with Russian military to organize a humanitarian corridor for the ex uh, execution, evacuation of his city's residents. A red line for Ukrainian ultranationalists who had long been in conflict with the mayor's office. The next, on uh, March 24th, Gennady Masagora, the mayor of Kupiansk, 
in northern Ukraine released a video below appealing to President Zelensky and his administration for the release of his daughter, who had been held hostage by agents of the SBU. I, I won't play the video because it's in Russian and I don't want to read everything. <laughs> then there was the murder of Denis Kyiv, a top member of the Ukrainian negotiating team who was killed in broad daylight in Kyiv after his first round talks with Russia. Um, Kyiv was subsequently accused of in local Ukrainian media of treason. Zelensky's statement that there would be consequences for collaborators indicates that these atrocities have been sanctioned by the highest levels of the government. As of today, 11 mayors from various towns in Ukraine are missing. Western media outlets have been following the Kyiv line without exception, claiming that all mayors have been arrested by the Russian military. The Russian military of defense has denied the charge, however, and little evidence exists to corroborate Kyiv's Kyiv's line about the missing mares. So once again, here's a situation where we are being told by Zelensky and whoever that the Russians kidnapped and or killed these people. When these people <laughs> are claiming that it's Zelensky's SBU troops that are doing this. When war erupted with Russia... Zelensky issued a series of decrees formalizing Kyiv's campaign against political opposition and descendant speech. In March 19th, executive order Zelensky invoked martial law to ban 11 opposition parties. I'm not going to really read on this because I talked about this on Sunday. But um, the interesting thing about this is in reading this article to me, it sounded similar to a lot of the talk we've heard over the past couple of years from the Democrats. So think back when Obama was president and you had the Tea Party. I mean, you remember that? I don't recall the year, 2010, 11, somewhere around there, when the Tea Party was kind of making an uproar and they were making noise and to the point where all of a sudden all those people that were in the Tea Party that were known Tea Party members um, were uh, IRS came after them, right? I mean, obviously, they didn't drag them out in the street and kill them and stuff like that. I'm not saying that. But it's very similar speech. So, you know, of his 11 opposition parties that were that were banned... So I don't think I read all of them on Sunday. So I'm going to go through them real quick. So it was Life Party, Left Opposition, the Progressive Socialist Party, the Socialist Party of Ukraine, Union of the Left Forces, Socialists, the Party of Sherry, whoever that is, <laughs> Opposition Block, and the Voldemir Zaldo Block. So if you just read those names... I have no idea what their beliefs are, what their affiliate, what, whatever. Just life party. Okay. So life party, what does that mean? Are they pro-life? Are they, I don't know. Left opposition. Okay. So if, if Republicans, oops, sorry. There's a microphone there. Though. If the Republicans in, in America, the Republicans are the right and the, the Democrats are the left. So the left opposition party, is that the Republicans? Is that, is, I don't know. 
Then you have the Progressive Socialist Party. So in America, that would be Bernie Sanders-type people. Then the Socialist Party of Ukraine, same thing. The Union of the Left Forces. So that's kind of like a uh, unionized party. Socialist. So the only fascist and pro-Nazi parties like the Azov National Corps were left untouched. The activity of these political uh, of these politicians aimed at division or collusion will not succeed, but will receive a harsh response. Just listen to the words he's saying. That sentence alone, the activity of those politicians aimed at division or collusion will not succeed, but will receive a harsh response. Now, granted, he didn't say, I'm going to go kill them all. They're doing that anyway, but nonetheless. Just the activities of those politicians. So what just happened to Marjorie Taylor Greene? She's, I don't want to say her life's on the line, but her political career is on the line because she may or may not have had something to do with January 6th, the the massive tour of the uh, Capitol building that was put on by uh, FBI uh, informants and undercover... Oh, no, not supposed to talk about that. Oh, just saying. As he wiped out his opposition, Zelensky ordered an unprecedented domestic propaganda initiative to nationalize all television news broadcasting, combine all channels into one channel called United News. I talked about that. So, um, on April 12, Zelensky announced the arrest of his principal political rival, Viktor uh, Medvedchuk by Ukrainians SBU services. And I told you about him. He is the guy, I think his his granddaughter, daughter or something, I think is the uh, Putin is her godfather or something. I, he's got some kind of connection. But he's the founder of the second largest party in Ukraine, uh, the now illegal Patriots for Life. Uh, he is de facto representative of the country's ethnic Russian popula- uh, popula- population population though patriots for life is regarded as pro-russia in part because of its close relationship to putin the new chairman of the party condemned russia's aggression against ukraine members of the state-sponsored neo-nazi Azov battalion um, attacked his home in march of 19 accusing him of treason and demanding his arrest in august of 20 Azov's national corps opened fire on a bus carrying representatives of his party wounding several with rubber-coated steel bullets. Zelensky administration escalated the assault on his top opponent in February of 21 when he shuttered several media outlets controlled by him, by Medvedchuk. The U.S. State Department openly endorsed the president's move, declaring that the United States supports Ukrainian uh, efforts to counter Russian maligned influence. So I was in 21. So prior to that, you didn't hear shit about this. And then when this happens, I'm sure it was spun. I never really heard anything about it, even this. But even in February of 21, that was a year ago, a little over a year ago, it was uh, backed by our government. Of course it was. Three months later, uh, Kiev jailed Medvedchuk and charged him with treason. Zelensky justified locking him away, his leading rival, on the grounds that he needed to fight against the danger of Russian aggression in the information arena. Okay, so let's let's bring that back to America. Think about everything that's going on 
in this country. Forget about the war. Forget about the Russia invasion and whatever. Just the actions of Zelensky. We're banning media. We're banning this. We're banning political parties. I'm going after my rival. Doesn't it sound eerily familiar to what's going on? I mean, granted, not to this extent in this country, but they're going after anyone that had anything or kind of anything to do with January 6th. They're going after. They're locking. It's not to the extent of what's going on over there. I get it. But it's the same basic idea. Now they're going after Trump. And everything they're doing right now with Trump, you've seen he was just... uh, held in contempt up in New York for whatever reason. Everything they're doing is to get him to not be able to run for president again when the man hasn't even said he was or wasn't going to run for president. I guarantee if he came out and said, I'm not going to run for president, they'd probably leave him alone. But it's the same thing even with DeSantis. It's like neither one of these guys has claimed that they're going to run for president. It's all been assumptions by the media and and people like me. Um, but I think they know. Deep down inside, they know it's going to be one of those two guys. And even though DeSantis has come out and said, I'm not running for president if Trump's running for president. Which alludes to the fact that I'm running for president if he doesn't run for president. So I get the the innuendo there. But my point is, he... <laughs> it's two years out from that time even coming close and they're already going after him with stupid shit and there's nothing they can get him on that's politically true it's all oh he signed a bill about people can't say gay no he didn't he's going after Disney World okay it's a corporation need to pay their fair share I thought that's what you guys ran on like a year or so ago interesting since Russian troops entered Ukraine on February 24th Ukraine's SBU service has been on a rampage against any and all uh, irritations of internal political oppositions. Leftist Ukrainian activists have faced particularly harsh treatment, including kidnap and torture. Um, on March 3rd in the city of Dnipro, SBU officers accompanied by Azov ultra-nationals raided the home of acti- activists with the left organization which has organized against social spending cuts and right-wing media propaganda. While one activist said the Azov member cut my hair off with a knife, the state security agents proceeded to torture her husband. Alexander Matshuzenko, pressing a gun barrel to his head and forcing him to repeatedly belt out the national nationalist salute, Salva Ukraini. Then they put bags over their heads, tied our hands with tape, and took us into the SBU building in a car. There they continued to interrogate us and threatened to cut our, off our ears. Uh, the wives told the leftist germinal, uh, germinal, <laughs> German publication, Junge Wilt. The Azov members and SBU agents recorded the torture sessions and published images of the husband's bloodied face online. So, obviously, this stuff exists. The videos exist. The pictures exist. The deaths are real. This is real. Real. And (laughs) no one's talking about it. I I can't say no one. I don't listen to every single podcast. I don't watch every single second of news footage. 
But uh, for the most part, no one's talking about it. Obviously, I'm reading these articles. Someone is talking about it, but no one is vocally talking about it. I listen to a couple of different podcasts that are pretty, I don't want to say mainstream. They're probably more right-focused. Right uh, Tim Pool's probably a little centrist, more so than right. Bongino, um, Posobic, you know, none of them are talking about it. And these people know more than me. I'm not even trying to pretend like I'm smart. No, so are they not talking about it because this is bullshit? This is a lie? Are they they part of the the mainstream media narrative of Zelensky's great and Russia's bad? I mean, I don't know that that's true or not true, but these situations are happening. This stuff was done by Zelensky. These uh, political parties were banned. He. Combined the TV stations into one. He fired, essentially, his Congress when he was elected president. I'm not making that up. That happened. <laughs> but yet, we're putting this guy up on a pedestal like he's done nothing wrong. And, oh, poor Zelensky, the Russians are invading. I still stick by the fact that there's something else going on here. And I'm going to close out the show with this. There is something going on here that we don't know about. Is this just a money grab? Like I said on Sunday, where is the $15 billion plus dollars at or going to? You're just giving this dude $15 billion to see fit for his country. We've done that how many times with other countries and other regimes and the people are still suffering. That money went to their pockets, not the people. This money is being given to them under the guise of to maintain their economy. Well, their economy, they're in a war. There's no economy. So wouldn't it be more, in my opinion, I mean, I'm not a political science major, but in my opinion, that money would be duly better spent after the situation was over. I can see giving them the equipment and whatever, if, if what they're saying is true and Russia's invading and they're trying to defend their democracy. Or is it we are so, we hate Russia that we're just propagating the war, let them fight the war and battle it out and we'll just sit over here on the sidelines. Or something else I brought up on Sunday and I think it skipped by a lot of people. Our uh, defense secretary, right? That guy that does that thing over there. <laughs> What's the name? Lloyd Austin. I mean, he worked for Raytheon prior. I mean, he was a general. And then when he retired from service, he worked for Raytheon, which is a tremendously huge military industrial uh, complex situation, right? They make war machines. He leaves, supposedly leaves them to become the defense secretary under Biden I did pose this on Sunday. Could it be a situation where it's a buy-in? You're giving money to these people to help them to sit there and buy military equipment from the company in which your defense secretary works for. Didn't we have that in Iraq? Wasn't that a situation with uh, Enron? Not, was it Enron? No, uh, Halliburton. Um, where they were accused of a similar situation? I'm just saying... 
this is the same old stories, just different characters. Zelensky, in my opinion, is just as evil, if not more so, than Putin. To me, reading this story of what's going on over there, to me, sounds very much 1938 Germany. These people that are being killed are pro-Russian, supposedly. Um, if you look at their bios, some of them were born, they were born in Ukraine or areas of Ukraine, but at the time that, of their birth, it was Russia. Their family's Russian. Their descendants are Russian. So where Putin and his people are being blamed for uh, genocide, could it be possibly the other way around? It's just something to think about, guys. Like I said, this is a story I'm telling you based on some fact, a lot of opinion, but nonetheless, very interesting. And it's going to take voices like mine and independent journalists around the world to tell this story as long as we can. And the only way we can get that story out is with people like you guys. So I would ask you, please, to share this with your friends. This, this one and the last one. Get the word out. Now, you don't have to sell this to your friends as this is the truth. I'm not saying this, this is the truth. I can tell you that a lot of the things I told you about did happen are going on. I'm not making some of this stuff up. I'm not making anything up. Some, like I said, some of it is my opinion as to what I think could be the reason why these things are happening. But I would also sit here and tell you that the truth of the matter is the things I told you that Zelensky has been doing since he was elected president. That's the truth. I'm not making that up. That actually happened and is happening. These SBU agents are legitimately doing these things. You can Google <laughs> this stuff and it comes up. And I'm saying that uh, facetiously because most of the times when I look up my information, if I want to look up oddball shit, I go on DuckDuckGo. Not to say that they're 100% perfect because I think they're starting to go down the same path, but nonetheless, they do bring up articles that you can't find on, on Google. But the names that I've given you on the last show, on this show... It's in Google. It's there. And they tell you what happened. So I'm not saying Google is the, is the bastion of truth and justice in the American way. I'm not saying that. But if the left wants to say the right is full of shit, trust Google. <laughs> okay, cool. Use Google. Look up that shit. They're going to tell you the same thing. No one's reporting on this because no one knows the truth. And they don't want to get stuck in case they're wrong. I, on the other hand, give two shits because I don't think I'm wrong. Chris and I have been doing this show for a little over a year, about a year and three months. We are growing somewhat, obviously not as, as big as we would like to be, but you know, whatever, it's a hobby, right? I mean, granted, I'd like to, for this to grow, blow up and be, be huge. That'd be great. Um, that's up to you guys to help me do that. 
But nonetheless, we have said a lot of things on this show. I think this show is our is the hundred and this will be one hundred and thirty sixth episode if you count the, our DTOM files and whatnot. Um, we've said a lot of stuff in those 136 episodes. Now, Grant, I know Chris is in on a lot of them nowadays. He's pretty much just here with the DTOM files, and that's fine, whatever. But a lot of the information I'm bringing to you, I get from him. He's still a part of this show. He's very much a part of this show. I wouldn't have known anything about uh, Gonzago Lira if it wasn't for him. So we say a lot of things that are outlandish. Well, by God, that shit half the time, I won't even say half the times, a lot of the times, ends up being true. If you go back to some of our older shows, especially back in last year in March and April, you know, I, to the point where I, even Chris was saying shit and I was kind of like, damn, that's kind of fucked up. And then, lo and behold, here it is. Now, granted, it wasn't like the next day it came true. It might have been a couple of months, but nonetheless, <laughs> we give you information because we, we, have a, we have a feeling about what it is. Will we ever know the truth? I don't know. Like I said before, history is written by the winners. And right now I'm just seeing a bunch of losers. And the history is being written by propagandists in the Western media. So if you want the truth, the way I see it is, listen to Don't Tread on America. <laughs> but seriously, guys, go to the website, dontreadonamerica.com. Check out our social media platforms on Facebook, Don't Tread on America, Instagram, and on Twitter, DTOM underscore 1775. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's PCGC underscore 1775. But like I say, guys, please, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, uh, give us a great review. If you don't want to write anything down there, I, that's fine. Just give us a five star so we can, and like I've said before, whatever, um, app you're listening to this on Spotify, Podbeam, Apple, Google, whatever, subscribe to the page, subscribe to the show so you can get updates. I pretty much try to stick to a, a schedule of Sunday, Wednesday, Friday. Sometimes things happen. I get that. So it might be a Monday or I might be on vacation, whatever, but I try to stick to that. But if you would subscribe to the show, give us a good review or even it's just a good rating. Like I said, if you don't want to write anything, I get it. If you want to give us a five-star, that'd be fantastic. But that gets us into the algorithm of people that might listen to, you know, you know, Bongino or uh, Glenn Beck or whoever. And then say, oh, shit, here's a, here's a show here. Oh, he does about an hour show. I'm going to go ahead and listen to that. See what that's about. Corruption in Ukraine. What, what's he talking about? But um, if you guys could do that, and plus, please share the show. All right, guys. Today is April 27th. 2022 a little bit of bad news this friday was supposed to be our next installment of the dtom files but uh alas chris has uh his daughter uh has a dance recital so he's not going to be able to make it because you know he'd rather go see ballet or whatever i don't know oh, crap no but seriously i get it it's kids um so with that being said it'll be next week um, sorry about that, but I will give you a tease. It's going to be good because we're trying to do conspiracy theories outside of the, the normal conspiracy theories. 
And uh, so tune in next Friday. Barring any situation where he can't make it again next Friday, which I don't think that'll be a problem, it's going to be a pretty good one. So, uh, And if you guys want to give us any drink suggestions, go on to Twitter, go on the Facebook, and uh, let us know. If you have any recipes or anything, we're bound to try anything. Shit, right? <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, you have a great day, and I will be here on Friday. And I'll talk about, it's probably going to be more of a current event situation because there's been some things going on, obviously. Elon Musk buying Twitter. It's not breaking news now, so I'm not even going to really talk about it. So we'll see what happens between the rest of today and tomorrow. And I'll holler at you all Friday. You guys have a great day. Until then, peace out.